0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, it is so awesome to be back. So I've missed you guys and... Um, I'm so thankful for, for you guys, each and every one of you, and I and, um, just want you to know that. I love you. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your patience with me. So, um, usually I have, people have to be patient, because I'm a pain in the behind. <laughs> it's a different kind of patience, and I just want you to know I appreciate you guys so much, and I love you, and so, um, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather here. Thank you. That it's a privilege and it's an honor to be free and to be here and to be healthy and whole and to have the opportunity to worship you and hear from from your word and hear what your thoughts and what your plans are for us. And so I thank you for that, Father. Thank you for, for just being so good to us. Holy Spirit, speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I was... Praying getting ready for this morning. I can't tell you how excited I am to be here. So um, and the scripture just kept popping up in 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 my heart and it's this in Jeremiah twenty nine it's eleven I think. I forgot my reading glasses in my bag back there. So we'll hold it back like Superman. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You know, God got got plans for us. You know, he has thoughts about us. You know, he's thinking about us. He's like, I see you and I see you. And he's like, man... Look at look at James. He's so cool, and man, I did good when I created him. Look how handsome he is and smart, you know. And he just thinks about me that way, man. He goes, "Oh, he lost a hair, but that's okay. He's got a bunch of them, you know what I mean?" And so he's always thinking about me. All like like the Bible says, "We're the apple of his eye," you know. And he loves us, and, and he's for us, and. And um, I remember when my kids were born, and I just looked at them, and I was like, I can't believe you're real. I can't believe you're here. I can't believe, but look, you're so perfect. You look just like me. <laughs> I mean, how can you not be perfect, right? And it does something in your heart, right? And so then we get this image of God where we think God's this big, mean ogre that's always do good, get good, good, do bad, get bad, right? And we get stuck in this mindset and it's a religious and and it's intolerable and there's no grace to it. When Jesus died so that we could have freedom and we could have peace and we can have hope and we could have love and we could have a relationship with God himself. The Bible says that we can go freely to the throne of of grace, right? Where we can find grace and mercy in the time of need. When do you need grace and mercy? When you mess up, man. When things are going bad, when you're sick, when you're broke, when everything looks like all hell's broken loose and you've got no hope. Like there's no way you're going to get through it. But God, that's the best word in the Bible. But, right? Right? You're like, you can't say that in church. That's not the other one. I'm talking about the B-U-T, right? It's the greatest word in the Bible. Because it always goes like you see this bad stuff hitting them. And God's like, yeah, it looks bad right now, but wait till I get done. Like I ain't even had my say. I haven't even got started and I'm going to do something great that you'll never, ever, ever believe. Because he says, I'm able to do exceeding, abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Amen. There's no limitations in an infinite God. When he said, let there be light, there is light. Do you know that the universe is expanding at all the time, at the speed of light, and it will continue to do that. That's how big our God is. If we took a spaceship, if we talked to Elon, my good buddy Elon Musk, I love that man. Right? <laughs> He's a cool dude. And I was like, Hey, I went, went down, flew down to Texas, and I got in a SpaceX thing, and he created this thing where like we could just boom be a billion light years down the road, and we see this star out there. And I was like, hey, Elam, hey, buddy, good buddy. Yeah, we, got, we want buddies like that, right? <laughs> I was like, like, like hey, let's, can, how far is that star? That's a billion light years, James. He goes, I got this astronaut, dude. It'll take you there. And so, so I was like, okay, so let's go. And so we zoom out to that, to that star, and it's a billion light years away, dude. That's a long time, right? And we get there, and we look out, and guess what we see? We see more stars. And I was like, how far is that star? And he's like, that's a billion light years away. So we go to that one and then we go to the next one. Listen, we could spend eternity and never come to an end of it. And if we have a God that is that big, who who when he hung the moon and the stars and set everything in place and set the the universe in place, went... When he said it at his word, it's still governed by that word. That's how powerful our God is. There's nothing impossible with him. There's nothing in your life that's hitting you that is going to limit what God can do because he's limitless. Think about how big he is. And this great God one day said, You know what? They're lost, they're dying. They don't have any hope. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to send my son. My only son. The son who I love. And I'm going to give his life. And I'm going to do it for Letitia and for Paul and for Will. And I'm going to do something that they never dreamed possible. I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to give him hope. And I'm going to give him life. And I'm going to look at James. And man, he needs lots of help. He's pretty, but that's about. (laughs) And he gave us life. He said, James, is that valuable? You know, if you were the only one here, that Jesus still would have died That's a big deal. That changes our value. That changes our image of who God is and what God wants to do in our hearts and our lives. Because He's that good, right? Sometimes it looks hopeless, man, right? It looks really hopeless and it looks like things are going to be really hard. And I was scrolling through. I don't know if I've seen it on Facebook or something else. But I've seen this picture of this dude with a lobster. Right? And he's holding the lobster up. And then I scroll down. I was like, oh, I got that. And then he's in the hospital. And I thought, what would that lobster do doing? I ain't messing with those lobsters. And then I seen this picture of a whale. Right? And it made me think of another story. Right? But this dude, he's a lobster diver. And he's diving down about 35 feet. And this humback whale swallows him. Swallows him whole. He's inside the mouth of this well, right? There's a, there's only one other recorded one, and and um, that we know of that lived. Of course, it, there might be more because it might not be recorded because they couldn't, <laughs> right? You're not supposed to be swallowed by wells, right? <laughs> Never happened before, right? So so anyway, so this dude's swimming. The well swallows him, and then it realizes he's in him, so it takes him to the top. And spits him out. And so he's a captain, and so his, his, um, I don't know what you call him. It's been so long since since I've been around boats and terminology and stuff like that. But his crewmate or whatever looked out, and this well comes up and spits his boss out. (laughs) In the water. I mean, you want to talk about a weird day. (laughs) Like, I know how my day is going to go, and we're going to go catch lobster, and we're going to do this, and then I'm going to have to come back, but no, I, I'm going to be sitting on the boat. Next thing I'm going to see is a whale pop out of the water and spit my bo- boss out, <laughs> right? And so I was just thinking, man, that's crazy, but I'll tell you how true God's word is. I was reading, there's one other guy that that, that happened to, and, and he lived, right, that they know of in modern times. But I know of at least two more. And one's in the Bible. And the other one, you all know really well, right? He didn't get spit out, but he was in the well. His name's Pinocchio. (laughs) Right? But I'm not going to talk to you about Pinocchio. I'm going to talk to you about another guy. His name's Jonah. Right? You guys remember Jonah. So here he is, God sending him to Nineveh, right? And Nineveh is the last place he wanted to go because, like, these guys are heathens, man. Not only are they heathens, but they don't like, they don't like the Jewish people. And, and it's kind of, feeling's kind of mutual, right? And so God comes to Jonah and he says, I want you to go tell him about me. I want you to go tell him I love him and I want to forgive them." And he's like, dude, not me. They'll hang me up. They'll, they'll, they'll kill me. And even if they didn't, I don't want them to get free. I don't want them to get saved. I don't want them to know. I don't like them. You ever have someone you don't like, and then God blesses them? Then you're like, God, why would you do that? They're rotten. Why would you do that? And then we get mad at God, and we should be rejoicing because we're like, Thank you, Jesus. You're so good, and look what you can do, right? And so, um, and if you can do it for them, you can do it for me, somebody's going to get blessed. Why not me? There's this little golfer, and he used to carry bags. And um, as he was carrying the bags, um, he, he would watch the golfers, and he's like, man, I want to learn to do that. He's like, I should be able to do that. And one day, he's like, you know something? Somebody's going to be a golfer. Somebody's going to be best in the world. Why not me? And you know what he did? He became one of the best golfers to ever walk on a golf course. You know what his name was? Lee Trevino. One of the greatest golfers ever, right? Somebody's going to get blessed. Somebody's going to be the greatest. Why not you? Somebody's going to get healed. Why not you? Right? Somebody's going to get spit out of the well of a the mouth of a well. If You're going to get swallowed. Why not me? Like that's a whole better scenario, right? So here, here, Jonah's going over and, and um, he's running. He's like, I ain't going there. I'm going to run. And then he get, you know, the story. He gets thrown overboard, and, and he's drowning. And the whale actually saved his life. He should thank him, right? And then he gets spits, gets spit out. He gets spits out. He gets spit out. On dry ground, which is good. That means it's land. I'm glad it (laughs) clarifies that, right? And so, then he goes. Not happily, mind you. He didn't have a good attitude still. Fine, I'll go. And then God does a great work in their lives, and he's mad at God over it, right? And so, but God did a work in Jonah, and he done something that none of us have ever seen before, and he was gone. Three days they considered him dead. For three days, they considered that he wasn't gonna make it. For three days it looked like he wasn't gonna gonna live. But God. God says, I got a plan for you, Jonah. You you really need to get counseling, but I got a plan for you. <laughs> right? And so so uh, spits him out. And you know something? Everyone thinks you gotta be perfect for God. God to work through your life and if that's true no one could do anything none of us are perfect the Bible says no one's righteous not one the only our righteousness is not through what we do it's through who we are as sons and daughters of the most high God our righteousness is not of this earth our righteousness is set in heaven and his name's Jesus and as he is so are we here in this world so we are the righteousness of god in christ jesus now that doesn't mean you're not valuable right before you know jesus because he would have died he died for everybody whether you accept him or not free will is the best gift ever right the enemy can't even take it like we give him way too much credit but god still left us with our free will he left us with our choice, and that's got to chap the high uh uh it chaps the hide of a lot of different people, even people here, right? They don't want us to have free will, right? but God created us that way. There's still a royal element about us where we get to make that choice and we get to have that free will, right so anyway, <laughs> I'm going so many different places, throwing so much at you, right. But something happened in Jonah's life that they'd never seen before. So, you're like, well, it just talks about that in the Old Testament. And and, um, I'm not sure I believe that. Anybody ever hear of a dude named Jesus? (laughs) I think a lot of his stuff that he talks about is true. Right? It's recorded twice. Once in Matthew and once, I believe, in Mark where Where Jesus actually talks about Jonah and talks about this, right? So in um, Matthew twelve, and if I can see here thirty nine it says this. he answered actually I'm going to read from thirty eight Then some of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law said to him, Teachers or teacher, we want." That's rabbi in Hebrew. They're like rabbi, right? That's what teacher. That's what rabbi means, teacher. We want to see a miraculous sign from you. You know what they're saying? You know what? We think we know. You, we know who you're saying you are, but I ain't sure we believe it. I want to see a miracle. And, and they're just testing him, right? They didn't really believe who he was, and so they're trying to call him out and make him look stupid. Anybody ever do that to you? <laughs> Listen, you don't have to work hard to do that to me. <laughs> right? So, he says, he answered, a wicked he answered, a wicked and adulterous generation ask for a miraculous sign. Now, he's talking about an adulterous generation in that they were more concerned about everything else than God. What's our focus? What's the first thing we go to? What do we really put our hope in when all hell is breaking loose, when it looks hard and it looks like we can't make it? and wh- Who's the first one we go to? Are we going to put our trust in what we can see and what's around us, or are we going to put our trust in God who will breathe life into anything that needs life breathed into? But none will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. What's like what sign's that? Like when he tells you to go somewhere, you run? <laughs> that you have a bad attitude? That like you're not like, I'm not going anywhere, <laughs> I'm not like I ain't doing anything and then or when you go and do what he says and you go like, How dare you heal them? How dare you say them? How dare you bless them? And and it's a thought process. The Bible says our thoughts are not his thoughts. Neither are our our ways his ways. And I can tell you that is for sure. Because he never does everything I tell him to. (laughs) Right? But he does greater than what I ask. And so he thinks in a different level. We look out and say, oh, rotten person. And God looks out and says, I love you so much. Come to me. I know your heart's broken and I know life's been hard on you. But if you'll just come to me, I'll make a way for you. And I'll show you love like you've never, ever experienced. And we're looking back thinking, you know what? I've been to church every Sunday. In fact, I was almost born in church. (laughs) Why are you talking to me that way? And he's like, oh, I am. You're just, too stinking stubborn to listen. Because I love you. Just like you are. So what sign would that be that he's talking about Jonah? You know, that is a great question. And I'm glad you asked because Jesus will clear this up for us, right? For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Oh, wait a second. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now one greater than Jonah is here. Now, now, listen to what he's saying. He's not condemning us. What he's saying is he's talking about these folks that were so caught up in, in their religion and they were so caught up in their do, 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 do that it smelled like doo-doo to God. He's like, I'm not concerned about your do. I'm concerned about your who. Even if you don't know which base it's on. He's concerned about who? He's like, the do part's been taken care of because I sent Jesus to die for you. And there is power in what I've done. There is power in the cross. There is power in the blood of Jesus. He didn't die for nothing, man. What he did, meant something. It had value for us. And there was something, he's like, I want you to grab hold of this. And when all hell's breaking loose, you can say, you know something? I got a sign, and it was that in three days, for three days, Jesus died and was buried. But on the third day, he rose again. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And the Bible says that he can make make our bodies alive, our mortal bodies alive. There's power in what He done. There's power in the finished work of the cross. That cross didn't make me a rotten sinner. It made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Someone asked, who's righteous in here? I'll raise both hands. Right? I was preaching the other day and... um, (laughs) <laughs> it was actually like my first time back, and, and there's like a bunch of people out there. And I was like, who's righteous in here? And three people raised their hand. And I was like, hallelujah, this is going to be a great altar call. Because none of you guys are saved. <laughs> and then it changed. Like, like, I don't want him nowhere near me. <laughs> right? Right? Here's the thing. Is if we ever realize and recognize who we are, and what He really done, nothing will stop us. No limitations. No obstacles. Nothing that, No giant that stands in front of us that's blabbing its mouth. We'll look at it and all we'll hear is a thud. Because we know it's getting ready to drop. Because that's how big God is. That's how good God When you're going through hell and when it looks dark, maybe you're like, man, I don't know if I can identify with with what you're saying, you know, that Jesus is that good. And I was like, well, the Bible says that we have a high priest that's familiar with what you're going through. When he was on the cross, he took everything. Every sin. Everything. And he said, you know something? I'm going to take that and in place of that, I'm going to give you my righteousness—that's a really bad trade, Jesus. We need to work on your negotiating skills, <laughs> right? But thank you for doing that, because He knew. He knew. So I was just thinking, you're like, well, man, you don't know what I'm going through. You know, no one can identify do Jesus does, just like Jonah was three days in the well, considered out of it, considered done, God made a way for him. And he'll make a way for you. Maybe you feel in some ways like there's no hope. Maybe you feel like there's no value. Maybe you feel like I've tried this and I've tried that and I just can't get a breakthrough. And God's saying, just wait. One word from me. One breath from me. And you're going to see greater things than you ever imagined. Because I can breathe life. And when I breathe life, things come to life. So much so that it's expanding at the speed of light. He's still the king of the universe. But he wants to be king of our hearts. I know going when I was sick. no. I, I was pretty sick, and I went to the doctor, and Linda actually come in, and because I, I couldn't lay down, and I was sitting on the couch and um, at night and coughing, and couldn't lay down. So she walks in, and she's like, look, you got two choices. She's like, you're going to the doctor, or I'm calling 911, and they're carting you to the doctor. I was like, fine. I was like, Jonah. Right? And I got there, and they're, they're like, well, that's, that's doubling pneumonia, and they put me on medicine. And mm-hmm. I never once thought I was going to die, and the whole thing. But I was discouraged, and so I remember getting out of there, and I was sitting at the right aid, and a bus comes by. A bus, and it says, you're not done. You have an um, unbelievable future. Mm-hmm. A transit bus. And it gets stopped at the stoplight right in front of me. How big do you think our God is? How strong and how mighty and how powerful, but how much love when you don't feel like you can go on? Or when you don't feel like you're just tired and like, man, this ain't fair. I didn't ask for this. And he says, I gotcha. And then he starts giving me scriptures. Joshua, even though you are well in age and up in years, I was like, God, are you calling me old? (laughs) Because I'm not really old. I'm like 29, (laughs) you know. I'm not old, so like could we find a different verse to encourage me, right? You know, you're well up in years and have done much you still have way more ground to take. You know what he is saying? I ain't done, and you ain't seen nothing yet. He's just that good. So I'm so thankful that I have a relationship with a living God, and I'm not dependent on a religion. Because a religion would leave me dead in the dust. But my God will breathe life even in the hardest times. Isn't that good news? Amen. There's this dude in the Bible. And he was um the son of a king. And his name was um and um his dad was uh, covenant in covenant with King David, right? And so when when um Jonathan died, um they they had to scatter the temple because they thought, well, David's going to come in and he's going to kill everyone. So, so his little son was taken off by his nursemaid. And on the way out, he ends up tripping. And he hurts himself so bad that it lamed him for life. So this, this young man went from being the son of a king, living in a palace, to being afraid of something that really wasn't even chastening. him. How many of us sometimes run from, from something we're like, oh, we get this in our voice. This is really bad. This ain't going to, you know. And we forget that it's just a lie straight from the pit of hell. It's like we take Satan at his word more than we take God at his word. And everything, like even his truths are part truths. It's like drinking a cup of poison. Like it might be mostly water, but even a little poison will kill you. And he knows how to, how, how to, to um, manipulate. But when we know the word of God, like Jesus did when he was tempted, like all he wants, like if he could kill us, we'd be gone. He can't, right? We have a free will and we have a free choice. And so he's got to try to invade that stuff. But we have a good God. And so anyway, that's another message for another day. Right? Some amphibious chefs are running, and he ends in a place, and it's called Lodi Bar. And so, Lodi Bar sounds bad, right? Right? It's low, it's below Lodi Bar. I think in Spanish it means below the bar. (laughs) Kidding. I just made that up. Might be French. (laughs) But it's Lodi Bar, it means a desolate place. He went from a palace to a desolate place and he's stranded there for years and years and years till one day David's in the palace and he's like thinking of his friend Jonathan and he loved Jonathan, man. He is his best friend. He was his brother, man, and he had a covenant with him and he's like, like, man, I just love Jonathan. Is there anybody left in his family that I can bless them? And they said, well, there's just this one dude. That he's lame, worthless, and he's in Lodi Bar, you know, a little French town or whatever. That's <laughs> where sort of French fries come from. <laughs> anyway, so he's like, go get him. And so he went and got him. And can you imagine when he's thinking, oh man, the very thing that I'm afraid of is here? And it looks like I'm not going to make it. What am I going to do? And David brings him and he takes him. The Bible says he brings him to the king's table. Can you imagine he's in a desolate place and David blesses him and gives him his inheritance and all this other stuff and hugs him and loves on him. Can you imagine? He's been told this dude's going to kill him all of his life. Maybe you've been told God doesn't like you or love you all your life, but I'm telling you that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. If you'll run to him and just say, Father, I I give my heart to you, he will show you love and grace that you never dreamed possible. The very thing he was afraid of, the very thing that he thought was going to take him out, the very thing that breathed life and created a miracle and took him from a desolate desert to the king's palace. Now you're like, well, the table don't mean nothing. In Hebrew there's a word for table and it's called shulhan. You know what it means? Shul means place. Han is where you get the word for grace. You know what a table is? It's a place of grace. He took him from a place where he had no hope and he set him at his table at this place of grace where there's an abundance and that's what he's saying to us. Come to me. He's a God who can give life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. You're like, well, yeah, you can say that. <laughs> yeah, I can, because God said it, right? In Romans 4, verse 16, it says this, Therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace. and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Oh, so it's just for Jewish people. And Arabs. No. Because we can read on. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to the, those who are of the faith of Abraham. You know, you're grafted in. At, you know, you're the seed of Abraham. Every promise that he's promised Abraham is yours, he's your father. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life. God who gives what? Life. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things. That are not as though they were. Yes, when I wasn't feeling good, I there's a moment where I didn't see myself better right away. And God sends a bus. He had to send this stinking bus because I wasn't smart enough to hear him. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Here's your sign. Boom, right? And he sent a sign, man. He said, look, we're going to go to the future, and you're going to see yourself right now taking ground, and you're going to see what I'm going to do in your life. And even though it looks bad right now, I'm getting ready to do something you never dreamed of. In the Bible, there's this widow lady, and her only son passed. And so they're having the funeral procession, and they're going out of town, and... And um, you see, like, uh, for funeral processions, like, people pull over and stuff. And it's, that's not something that's, that just happened. Like, even in in the um, days of Jesus, like, when, when a funeral come, come by, you would pull over to the side. Well, you wouldn't pull over to the side what you got, unless you had, like, a donkey, you know. But you'd step over to the side, and you'd let that pass. There's only two things that would trump that. Number one was the king. And number two was a wedding procession. So here, Jesus is coming into town. And this lady is leaving town. She had lost her husband and now just her son. Which meant she had no way to care for herself. No way to take care of herself. All her hopes, all her dreams, everything that she ever had hoped for was gone. And now she's walking with it to bury it. But here comes Jesus. And here comes this procession following Jesus. Why? Because it's the king of kings. And he had his wedding procession with him. And he said, you know something? I'm going to crash this funeral. And he went up and he raised the boy from the dead. You know, she went from a place where she didn't... Not have a chance and didn't have hope to having her life renewed and restored. God didn't just raise him from the dead, he raised her from the dead. He gave her hope, he provided for her. That's what we don't realize when God. Takes our heart and he breathes life into us and he resurrects us into the image of his son by the renewing of our mind. It just doesn't breathe life into us, but it breathes life into everybody around us. God's that big, right? Remember when it was Elijah? I can't remember if it was Elijah or Elisha when they threw him in in the grave and he lands on bones and, and, and the dude pops to life, man. In Ezekiel there it talks about can these bones live? And God said watch what I'm going to do. God breathed the breath he took dirt. Now it wasn't our dirt, it it was garden of eden dirt. It was a lot cooler dirt. Like you're not made of ordinary dirt. And he formed man and he breathed life into him. You're not common even though even you're dirt, man. Linda's like, I'm made of bone. You're made of dirt. I'm like, yeah. That's true. But I'm eating dirt, man. I'm paradise. Right? God can breathe life. Anything you need life, breathe it. Maybe it looks dead. Maybe it looks hopeless. Maybe it looks like you're not going to make it. He not only wants to bless you and heal you and provide for you. He will. See, it goes on in verse 18 and it says this. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Wait, what? Against all hope, Everyone's like, man, Sarah's too old. You're too old. This ain't never going to happen. And he says, you know what? I believe God. Against all hope, in hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so become the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his face, he faced the fact that his body was as good as death. Since he was about a hundred years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. Wait, time out. Ever go back in the Bible? <laughs> There's many times he went to God and then he gave up. That's why, why Hagar had a kid, Ishmael. But God doesn't look at him like that no more. He's like, He's righteous. I don't remember that. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sins. Now, watch this. Since he um, faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded. He didn't start out fully persuaded, but something changed so much that he said, I'll sacrifice my son, my only son, because I believe that you will breathe life in anything I need life breathed into. If you say, do it, you gave me this promise, you gave me this son, you gave me this impossibility, it's not mine, it's yours, and you're going to guard your word. I trust you something changed he he went from doubting and trying to to survive and save himself to being fully persuaded that God was for him yet did not waver from belief re- regarding the promise of God but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord from the dead. Is that anybody in here fit that qualification? Raise your hand. Man, we not have a good altar call. (laughs) That's you. That's every one of you. Mm -hmm. He was delivered over to death for our sins, but was raised to life for our justification. Isn't that good news? So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your opportunity. To share your word. Father, breathe life in the people. The people here and the people out there. and, And just reach their hearts. If you're out there and you don't know Jesus, it's easy. The Bible says believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. And you're saved, man. If you believe what I said. If you believe what the word of God said. That Jesus died for you. Just say, I believe. I receive you, Jesus. And then accept him in your heart. And please let us know. We want to pray with you and we'll support you. I don't care where you're at. If you're in Australia, New Zealand, Africa, I I don't care. Let us know. Thank you, Father, for being with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.